What's going on, guys? This is another episode of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. And as I do with all the episodes, going to real quick, just go over the past week because there's something I'd like to highlight a little bit more, um, a little bit more in depth, and I'll get to that. So first off, we'll get into what happened in this past week of college football. Um, some of the scores, some of the top players of each game. So just going through the top 25. Uh, UCF beat Temple 52-40 to in a high-scoring game on Thursday, the first day of the month, uh, night after October. Um, UCF and Temple had a high-scoring game. Anthony Russo threw for 444 through the air, had 46 on the ground. Uh, had five total touchdowns, but did throw two interceptions. Um, that helped. That helped uh, UCF stay in the game and eventually win. Mackenzie Milton for UCF three three hundred twelve yards through the air, three touchdowns. He also threw an interception, added one on the ground, and then uh, Greg McRae and Taj McGowan, two running backs for UCF. Had 188 and 56 yards on the ground, uh, one touchdown for McCray and two for McGowan. So UCF continues their win streak. Um, they they were number 12 uh, that week, and they go into this week with that number 12 ranking still. So no movement for them. Um, on Friday, we had our first upset. Uh, Pittsburgh beat Virginia. And um, th- they were mainly able to do this because they they held Virginia to almost nothing on the ground, 54 yards rushing between Jordan Ellis, Bryce Perkins, and Olamide Zacchaeus, if I pronounced that right. If I didn't, sorry. And then on the other hand, their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, threw for 61 yards on only seven completions wasn't very good he didn't throw an interception though but their running back Darren Hall ran for 229 on 19 carries had three touchdowns in the game uh, which were which were all the touchdowns for for Pittsburgh um, they were able to control the game Virginia was up 10 to 7 at halftime but Pittsburgh had the two touchdowns they they did they did uh they didn't get the extra point after that so so it was only um nine points in the final quarter with a field goal so 23 to 13 pittsburgh wins and interestingly enough which i'll get into later that moves pittsburgh to the top of the coastal division in the acc with virginia behind them pittsburgh four and one and virginia four and two in the coastal division um and then moving on to Saturday's uh, slate of games, Texas A&M barely loses to Auburn, but they uh, this game pushes them out of the rankings completely. And for Auburn, it was a uh, comeback went comeback in the fourth quarter that helped them. They had they had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. The first was a one yard touchdown run from Chandler Cox, the fullback, senior fullback, 
for him. And then the last touchdown was a touchdown pass from Jarrett Stidham to his receiver. Um, sorry. To his receiver, Seth Williams, who had two catches in the game, but there are two catches and two touchdowns. And so, so they, they get the win. Auburn does. Um, they've been, they've been out of the, out of the picture for a while now um, with some pretty bad losses, but they now get back into the rankings at number 24 and Texas A&M falls out of the ranking co- completely. So Texas A&M was the best three loss team, but now a four loss team uh, should be interesting to see how they go on. They have, they have a game against Ole Miss, which Ole Miss is going to hope to put up a lot of points against them in that one. So will definitely be interesting to see what they do with the rest of their season. They can still go for bowl eligibility, but something else that I should mention, uh, will mention later, they are completely out of the picture for winning the SEC. Um, it's kind of obvious which, with the teams that have been up there, but get into that a little bit later. later. So next action, Iowa State handles, handles Kansas 27-3. to Brock Purdy, another great game, 263 through the air, three touchdowns, and they get the they get a solid victory over Kansas. And Iowa State still very much in the picture in the Big 12, uh, 4-2 and two conference record. They're at pace with Texas um, and a game behind Oklahoma and West Virginia for a share of first. Uh, next up, 10th uh, ranked Ohio State barely gets away from Nebraska at home. They went 36-31. to um, And Ohio State finally had a ground game. That's something I was badgering them on for a while. Um, J.K. Dobbins, 163 on the ground. Mike Weber, 91 on the ground. That's the most between the two probably this season. I'm not going to look, but they haven't been running for nearly as nearly that much. So good to see them finally doing something on, on the ground. Um, and Dobbins had three rushing touchdowns to help in the victory. But Adrian Martinez, the true freshman quarterback on the other side, expects some good things coming out of Nebraska, especially if he stays healthy because – he had 266 through the air, a touchdown, no interceptions, and then two rushing touchdowns with 72 yards and 20 carries. Then they have a great running back in Devino Zigbo, who is a senior. But So I guess just if they, they have a running back next year and some good receivers on the side, uh, they can definitely at least contend for a spot there in the Big Ten. Maybe, maybe not win the Big Ten, but definitely will be uh, – you know, more close race for them, I guess. They're going to have more close games than what has previously been for them. And then uh, next game, uh, Clemson completely obliterated Louisville, 77-16. to um, And Clemson at 9-0, and obviously the top spot in the Atlantic. The only team left to battle them for that is Boston College, who they play this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, they play them this weekend, uh, 8 p.m. on ABC. That's my time, so Central, Eastern, I forget. <laughs> That's bad, I don't know that. Wow, okay. Well, uh, so it's 8 up, eight my time, so wherever you're listening to this at. Um, then we have Syracuse beat Wake Forest 41-24. to 
Uh, North Carolina State beat Florida State 47 to 28. Uh, and then some then some of the key games of this week. Um, West Virginia beat Texas 42 to 41. Will Greer won it on a, a QB scamper for a two point conversion late in the game. Um, a very solid game for the two teams. Uh, Will Greer, 346 through the air, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, Sam Ellinger on the other side, four total touchdowns, but like Will Greer, um, had more yards than him, but same touchdowns, 354 and three, uh, had 52 on the ground in the yard. So, so West Virginia wins. They now are with Oklahoma at that top spot at five and one in the conference, Texas, as I mentioned, matched with Ohio state or not Ohio state, sorry, Iowa state. Um, at that second position in the conference. If you hear barking, it is my dog. So try not to wake him up, but he did. So now he's going to bark all the time. So if you hear that, you just get a sense of uh, where I am recording this. I record this in my house, and it's probably going to be that way for a while. And I've been lucky to get the silence I've been getting, but see if that luck runs out. Um, but as I was mentioning, that's enough of my personal life. Um <laughs> Let's go back into this. West Virginia will play Oklahoma, the final game for each team. And that that is definitely going to be an interesting game because if both of them win out, win the two games they have before that one, this game is truly going to be the deciding factor of who um, wins the Big Ten. Or if the teams below them fall, they could honestly pay, play each other twice in a row because um, the Big 12 has a conference championship now. So the top two teams will play each other. At least that's what I've gotten from it. They don't have divisions. So it's just the top two based on uh, conference record and then the whatever tiebreakers they need. But that is definitely going to be an interesting situation. Um, yeah, they'll play each other. That'll be Friday, uh, November 23rd. So day after Thanksgiving. Um, see if, see which team makes it to the top. So that, that was that game. Um, talked about their conference situation. Uh, next up would be Georgia and Kentucky. And this was an important game because whoever won this one was going to be the, was going to win the, win the conference. So there was very high stakes and Georgia Came away with the victory. DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield each went over 100 yards, three touchdowns combined, over 200 yards combined. Um, Fromm had a very efficient game, didn't do much, uh, just played well. And then Terry Wilson on the other side had to throw it for the first game this year. I uh, went over 200 yards. Um, Benny Snell had 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, so didn't nearly get as much production as they wanted out of him. So Georgia claims their spot in SEC East and will play Alabama in the SEC championship game. So we still have three weeks left of games for the SEC, but we've already decided the uh, championship game. So there's <laughs> no reason to look at that anymore. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's... There, there's still stuff that can happen with the college football playoff, but you know whoever wins the SEC is going to get in. That's pretty blatant. Even if 
even if Georgia and Alabama lose the next two games of the season, which they're not, or if they lose the rest of the games of the season, which they probably won't because they each have an FCS opponent coming up. So really, I mean, whoever beats who, they're, they're going to get in, whether it's fourth or first. It just, it's just uh, the sad state of football that they are, they're the dominant conference. Um, but anyway, another upset that happened, Purdue beat Iowa. So Purdue making a name for themselves. They beat Iowa um, thanks to David Blow throwing for uh, 333, four touchdowns, did have two interceptions, but um, definitely did enough to win the game. Um, on the other side, they ran the ball well, had a, had a plethora of good running backs. Uh, Nate Stanley, their quarterback, ran in for a touchdown. Um, Ivory Kelly Martin ran in for a score, and Makai Sargent had two. So they ran the ball pretty well. Uh, they passed the ball pretty well. It was just um, Purdue having the ball last was what won it for them, and it did. Their kicker made a 25-yard field goal, got the clock down to 11 by the end of it. So Purdue was able to win that one. And in the Big Ten, that makes Purdue tied for second second in the running. Northwestern at first, 5-1. and one. Um, All their wins coming in the conference, they're 5-4, and four, but... Still have that top spot, and uh, Purdue's tied with Wisconsin for second place. So, so interesting how that'll shake up. Next game I want to talk about: uh, Boston College beat Virginia Tech, um, and then Michigan destroyed Penn State 40, 42 to seven. And this one, um, neither or they had Penn State was held to one hundred and eighteen yards passing. And only 68 yards rushing. Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens for Penn State both threw interceptions. Tommy Stevens did have a rushing touchdown, the only touchdown of the game. But Karan Higdon, another 100-yard game, 132 on the ground. Uh, Chris Evans ran for a touchdown, so did Higdon. But then Shea Patterson ran for a touchdown, and then Patterson threw for two. So uh, Michigan dominates. They they move to fourth in the in the college football playoff poll um, and Penn state, I believe, no, they're, they're 20th. So they're still in it. They're still ranked at least, but not looking good for them. They are actually out. They're actually out of the picture entirely for winning the East um, with losses to the top three teams that are still in contention. So um, next game would be Missouri upsetting Florida. Florida ranked 11th coming into this one, and Missouri behind Drew Locke, who threw for 250 and three touchdowns, um, really controlled the game, and Demario Crockett and Larry Roundtree the third each had a touchdown. Crockett ran for 114, Roundtree ran for 72. On Florida's side, Kyle Trask came into the game, um, played well. Felipe Franks not so well, 9 of 22 for 84 yards, um, ran for a touchdown, but Again, no running back ran for more than 42 yards. So Missouri's defense held up, and they beat Florida. So Florida falling falling fast after a few tough losses. Um, they, are, they are 15th, though. So still, there's still 
ranked pretty highly, and that, that shocked me when I just saw that. But um, they're still at least in the ranking still. And then uh, Arizona State beat Utah. Um, Tyler Huntley left the game, and uh, he had two interceptions when he left. And then Jason Shelley came in, 4 of 11 for 59 yards and an interception. Zach Moss did for a run for 128 yards and a touchdown. On an Arizona State side, Manny Wilkins, 285 through the air and three touchdowns. Eno Benjamin ran for 175 and two scores. So Arizona State wins, and Utah obviously loses because they were not the winners of the game. Um, Notre Dame beats Northwestern 31-21, to another close game for them. Um, but they, they keep moving up. They are now third in the rankings, so it's got to keep winning for them. Mississippi State. Dominates Louisiana Tech, no surprise there, 45-3. to um, Nick Fitzgerald passed the ball pretty well. Uh, four passing touchdowns, um, 107 on the ground, 300 total yards, or 350 total yards, actually, exactly. Uh, Keteon Thompson, the backup quarterback, ran for a score. Uh, and then Aris Williams, one of the running backs, um, also ran in for a score. So... They were ranked 18th, and they stay ranked with the victory. Um, they are 16th playing Alabama next week, who is number one. And that is the next game to get into was Alabama's trouncing of rank number three ranked LSU. Alabama won 29-0 behind another superb effort for Tua Tagovailoa. 295 through the air, two touchdowns, had his first interception though. But a little bit more realistic numbers, 25 of 42 passing. But uh, Damian Harris ran for 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, not playing a lot this year, has kept his legs free, fresh. Uh, and then Tagovailoa actually had a 44-yard touchdown run, which he appeared to be a little bit shaken up there uh, in the celebration, uh, was favoring his knee a little bit. So we'll see how that holds up for the rest of the season. Um, on LSU's side, like most teams do against Alabama, they couldn't establish a ground game, had 12 rushing yards. And then Joe Burrow, a, um, a one attempt or one incomplete pass away from being 500 on the dot and completion percentage, um, 18 to 35 for 184 and an interception. So Alabama wins. They secure their spot in the SEC championship, and that's just what we get to wait for. Uh, in the Big 12, another high-scoring showdown between Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Um, and funny enough, in the NFL, uh, two guys who really shine in this game, Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, um, played each other. Kansas Kansas City winning that game. I don't know if I just said Kansas State first. I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> but this game, this game like that one, it wasn't as high of numbers, but definitely had some offense. Uh, Kyler Murray... Um, 460 total yards, four total touchdowns, did throw two interceptions, but uh, Trey Sermon added 206 on the ground and three three scores. So that Oklahoma offense still continues to fire on all cylinders. And for Texas Tech, Alan Bowman, uh, 227, only had five incompletions, 21 to 26, two scores. And then Jet Duffy, the backup quarterback, nine of 17 for 139 yards and two scores. So the quarterbacks played well. Uh, Duffy also ran for a score with 47 yards rushing. And then another running back um, had 53 yards and a touchdown. That's uh, Dillion Ward. 
So Texas Tech kept it close, scored a lot of points, but Oklahoma scored more points and they win the game. Uh, and then late, late, later action, uh, Fresno State forty-eight to three over UNLV. Just wasn't even close for UNLV. Um, four different players ran for touchdowns for uh, Fresno State. McMarion threw two. Their quarterback. Um, they they advanced to eight and one. Um, and then last but not least, uh, number eight Washington State at this time beats Cal by six. Um. A little, or still, pass for a lot of yardage. Uh, Minshew, 35 of 51 for 334, but only one touchdown and one interception. So Max Borgie, the running back, added a touchdown as well on 33 yards. Um, California uh, didn't run the ball too well, didn't really throw the ball too well. It wasn't a very offensive game. It was more defensive for them. Uh, Garbers and McElwain both threw interceptions. Uh, Garbers did throw a touchdown and ran for 67 yards, but in the end it was Washington State. It was tied tied at 13 at the end of the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter um, they didn't score until 32 seconds left. Uh, Gardner Minshew completed a pass to – or completed a 10-yard pass to his receiver. I'm sorry, I'm so bad at this. Completed a pass to his receiver, Aesop Winston, um, senior wide receiver for him. Completed a pass to him from 10 yards out. They missed the extra point, but with very little time left, California couldn't do anything. So Washington State continues to win, and they're now 8-1 and one on the season, holding that top spot in the Pac-12. Um, in the Pac-12 North. And so looking looking ahead to next week's action, um, I'm not going to go over the jumps in the rankings. Um, the The matchups will tell you all you need to, need to know, really. So the only team that does not play is number 25, Washington. Um, so... So we'll get to see what happens there. But um, on Thursday, which is tomorrow night, uh, North Carolina State hosts Wake Forest um, in an ACC game. Uh, Wake Forest is out of the picture, as is North Carolina State, so they're playing for bowl eligibility. Um, Syracuse hosts Louisville at 13th. Uh, number 23, Fresno State, on the road against Boise State, a uh, great game out of the map. Mountain West there. Uh, West Virginia, um, as I mentioned, trying to win out, trying to top Oklahoma, be that number one spot in the Big 12, play TCU at home. Um, And then out of the Big 10, a key matchup, number 10 Ohio State on the road against number 18 Michigan State. And Ohio State didn't do too well in their last road game against Purdue. And this, this game could be, could prove pretty, Pretty key in deciding what the rest of the season will look like. Um, Michigan State wins. They're in good position. They'll be 6-2 and two in the conference. Um, Ohio State will be 5-2. and two, So um, they'll be in a better spot. And if they win out, they win their last game as well. 
or they'll be five and two and Ohio State will be five and two. So then if Michigan State wins out, they'll have the tiebreaker over Ohio State. And um, if Michigan keeps losing, then Michigan State still has a chance, but we'll see how that plays out. And then out of the American, uh, number 12 UCF host Navy. They are 25 point favorites there, trying to keep that winning streak alive. Uh, number 20 Penn State will try to bounce back against unranked Wisconsin. Uh, as will Florida at number 15, trying to bounce back against South Carolina. And then Kentucky on the road against Tennessee. All these teams trying to bounce back after tough losses. Um, and again, Iowa will, number 21 Iowa will play a home game against Northwestern. And there, Iowa really needs to win out to have a chance at winning the West. Northwestern holds the top spot. And if they win this one, then Iowa will fall out of the race completely. So a must-win game for Iowa and just as equally as important for Northwestern. Um, Next game, Michigan on the road against Rutgers. They're favored by 39 at ranked fourth. Um, So it will be probably another shellacking on Michigan's side. Uh, And then number 16, Mississippi State, will travel to Tuscaloosa to play number one-ranked Alabama. Um, Alabama favored by 24. So probably will be another um, trouncing for Alabama. But Mississippi State runs well, and Alabama, Alabama can stop the run really well. So it'll be up to Nick Fitzgerald to see if he can throw it and throw their way to this victory. Uh, Out of the Big 12, um, Iowa State at number 22 hosts Baylor. So a lot of offense in that one. And an even more offensive show probably will be number 6 Oklahoma hosting Oklahoma State. Oklahoma is favored by 20, but do not sleep on that game. It will be very offensive. Um, Could or couldn't be close. I mean, it's obvious, but... I'd like to put my money on the fact that it's probably going to be a close game. Um, I think, you know, games like this where it's a rivalry, both teams are from the same state, there's a little bit more than just, you know, talent and that stuff. There's more of the tradition and the history of the rivalry that goes into effect. So these teams and these players are playing for a little bit more. So look for that to be a pretty good game. And then uh, Washington State on the road against Colorado. They are ranked eighth and want to keep it that way. Um, See if Gardner Minshew can throw all over these Buffaloes and their defense. Um, Next game up moving later into the evening, uh, Auburn on the road ranked again. will play number five, Georgia. Georgia's favored by two touchdowns, but I think Auburn played well against Texas A&M last week. And if they have their hearts and mind in the game, it could be close, but I don't expect that to be the case, and I would probably say Georgia's going to control this game and win win by a lot. They took care of Kentucky last week. Auburn relies a lot on their ground game. Stidham can't really make plays through the air. He hasn't as much, so it's really up to – it's one of those games Auburn has to play a complete game or else they're not even going to be in it. Uh, and then Notre Dame at number three hosts Florida State, so – and for them, it's just bolstering their uh, their strength of schedule um, and uh, margin of victory. So they gotta they gotta dominate this game. They're ranked third, but we know that the playoff committee can take people down at the end of the season. So Notre Dame needs to really control these games. It's gonna help if Northwestern keeps winning, but you know earlier in the season you can't 
you know, come away with only like four point victories every game or one touchdown or like a score for a victory. You need to control these games and especially a struggling Florida state team. Notre Dame really needs to dominate this one on all aspects. Um, another, the last or between a ranked team, uh, number 19, Texas will be on the road against Texas tech. Um, Texas is actually only favored by one and a half points. So, uh, Vegas wants this to be a close game, but I don't know. I really like Texas. Uh, I really like the defense of Texas. Um, probably be high scoring. So Texas offense needs to be clicking. Um, but Texas, I expect to win this one. Um, LSU on the road against Arkansas. Um, Arkansas struggling in the SEC. So LSU, um, LSU has a chance to bounce back against Alabama. If they keep winning, they they can really make a make a stance for themselves in the college football playoff, trying to get back in there. They are out of contention to win the SEC, which hurts them. But if they keep winning, and other teams keep losing. They could honestly get in it, um, especially if uh, you know Georgia loses. They'll be a two loss team as opposed to LSU, who will be a or they're a two loss team as well. So. <laughs> But LSU, I want to look at their schedule real quick. I haven't looked at it in a while. I forget who they've played. Yeah, they beat Georgia 36-16. So if Georgia, especially if Georgia is the conference champion, then I think that will bolster them. Even though they lost to Alabama by 29, got shut out um, at, at home too. So that might might hurt them, but... They got Arkansas and Texas A&M on the road still. Um, if Texas A&M gets back into the rankings, then I think that'll help them. They've, they've already beat at the time one, two, three, four, five. They've already beat five ranked teams, or wait, four ranked teams. My bad. They've lost to two, so their losses are still pretty good. Florida is you know ranked fifteenth still, and Alabama is ranked one, ranked um, first in the nation still. So LSU still has a pretty strong schedule, but. Uh, it's all up to them. They decide their own fate, really. And then the last game, which is game of the week. I'm sorry, Clemson fans, but I'm going to be rooting for Boston College in this one. But, uh, yeah, it's exactly that. Um, Clemson will be on the road playing Boston College. It's number two versus number 17. Clemson favored by 20 points, um, which I think is going to be the outcome. Clemson's most likely going to win this game. Boston College runs the ball. They do it well, but Clemson's front four is too good to do that the whole game. So um, Boston College's quarterback is going to have to throw the ball. can't remember his name right now. I think it's Anthony Brown, but he'll, he'll have to throw the ball really well. And I don't think that's something he's strong at and can be consistent of. And I think Clemson, their offense mixed with their defense is going to be too much for Boston College. And uh, Clemson will win this game, thus – um, deciding the Atlantic division winner and clinching their spot in the ACC championship game. So that's all from the top 25, at least in the college football playoff um, world. So just just highlighting some games you might want to watch. Um, tonight, uh, there's some action, some games from the Ma- uh, Mid-American Conference. Ohio host, or will travel play Miami of Ohio, so an in-state game there, Um, and Northern Illinois hosts Toledo. And then 
on Saturday. Um, not a whole lot. There's Ole Miss and Texas A&M. There is, there's a lot of games that will decide the fate of um, conferences. There's some uh, key conference matchups. Um, Purdue on the road against Minnesota. I honestly think if they beat Minnesota, they'll be ranked. Um, I think they've shown that they deserve to be, and I think they're a win away there. Um, Oregon plays Utah. Both teams really in need of a victory that's um, in Utah. Uh, Tyler Huntley is out of that game, so looks like it's going to go to Oregon, but we'll see. And then Temple and Houston, two really good teams, and Houston has a dynamic playmaker at quarterback, Derek King, who's statistically lighting up college football. Um, I was going over his his um, stats real quick. He's got – they just lost to SMU. Tough game. But uh, Derek King, 30 touchdowns to five interceptions and then has ran for 12 scores. So 42 total touchdowns. And just proving that those Texas teams like to light it up. But um, both teams here, uh, Temple still vying for the um, East Division crown. Uh, Houston in first in the West. Um, Temple's tied with Cincinnati for second. Um, so that's, that's going to be a key game in the rest of the season. And, and then that's about it. So what I've been talking about, what I did, the, uh, the thing I did just cause I'm interested in it. I don't know who else really would be. I went and did a, um, layout of the conferences who, who still has a chance, who doesn't have it has, who doesn't. The teams that don't have a chance, I couldn't couldn't piece my words together there. Um, and so there's a lot more to it. Um, if you want to prove me wrong and prove that a team doesn't have a chance, again, it's just the teams that could possibly do it. Um, uh, and so that's that's all I'm going for from this. So in the ACC, like I mentioned in the Atlantic, it's either Clemson or Boston College. Whoever wins this game next week is – or. Actually, it's not even whoever wins this one because Boston College, um, they've only played five games as opposed to Clemson's six. So if Clemson loses this one and wins next week, they're still seven and one. That means Boston College has to win out to even have a chance. But if they do that, they they still have a chance to win the division. So Boston College does have a chance still, shouldn't give up on the season, should try to go for that conference championship. Then the Coastal Division, Again, this is where you can prove me wrong, but wide open. Um, and I just did this based on like the cutoff, like Pittsburgh's four and one. So if a team has four losses already and they lost to Pittsburgh, then there's no way they can get in it. But like in this Duke and Miami, Florida, I put them in it. They're two and three. So a lot would have to happen. They'd have to win out to even have a chance, which can mess with other teams and everything. But all six teams are still in the picture. Um, so interesting to see how the season will shake up there. Uh, and then in the East, like I mentioned, UCF at first um, and fi- at 5-0, and Temple and Cincinnati at 4-1 and each, and then South Florida at 3-2. So four teams that all can still make a run. For South Florida, it would be um, they'd have to win out most likely or lose one game. And then 
win two that would tie them with UCF, but then other teams would have to lose. So it's a, it's a wide open race there as it is in the West. Um, Houston, SMU, Tulane, and Memphis all saw the chance. Um, SMU and Tulane at three and two, a game behind Houston at four and one, and then Memphis two games behind them at two and three. And then the big 12, um, there's a lot more to it. Like I, like I mentioned, but um, like Oklahoma and Oklahoma state playing each other this week, they, uh, um, whoever wins that game, if, or well, not whoever wins, if Oklahoma wins, they will be six and one Oklahoma state will be two and five. They're out of it completely. So this is going off the basis that Oklahoma and West Virginia lose the entirety of their schedule. Then Oklahoma state and TCU have a chance because Oklahoma state and TCU each play Oklahoma and West Virginia. So And, and there's two spots, so it just it depends on the top two. So, like, I did Oklahoma's wins and then West Virginia's wins to cut off the bottom. So, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and TCU all in the mix in this one. Um, we'll see a much clearer picture after this week. We'll see what happens. Uh, in the Big Ten, uh, in the East, uh, Michigan 6-0 in front. Ohio State a game behind them at five and one, and Michigan State two games behind at four and two. Again, that game between Ohio State and Michigan State could really determine it. Um, Michigan State wins, then they move ahead. Um, both teams will be five and two. Michigan State will have the tiebreaker. So then it's up to um, if Ohio State wants to get back in it, then they have to win out. They have a tough game um, at the end of the season against Michigan. So that game, if Ohio State wins this game against Michigan State wins the next game after that and beats Michigan or that's what Ohio state has to do to win the big 10 East um, Michigan. Yeah. Still undefeated as a game, game against Rutgers. And I don't remember off the top of the head who else they play, but uh, the race still can go to anybody there uh, in the West. It is uh, there'll be a cutoff after this week, like most weeks. Um, Illinois still in the picture because they haven't played Northwestern yet. Um, they're two and four in the conference. Um, above them, Iowa at three and three need to win out to have any chance. Purdue at four and two and Wisconsin at four and two. They still have a chance. Um, and then Northwestern at five and one at the top. So wide open race there. Uh, in the East, the Conference USA now um, in the East, Middle Tennessee first at five and one. Followed by FIU at four and one, Marshall at three and two, as is Charlotte at three and two. So they're again, they're a little bit more even conference, more even playing field, and can go to any of these teams. Charlotte, like a Charlotte, Charlotte or Marshall, like I mentioned in the other conferences, need to win out, and they need to hope Middle Tennessee and Florida International FIU um, lose the rest of the season. And then in the West, it's UAB. Leading the way at six and zero, Louisiana Tech, or in the conference six and zero, Louisiana Tech at four and one, and Southern Miss at three and two. So Southern Miss needs to win out. UAB needs to lose their last two because UAB and Southern Miss still play each other. So that's the only way Southern Miss can get in, and then Louisiana Tech would um, only be able to win a max of one game for Southern Miss to get in there. And then the East, I did this last night before Buffalo's game, so. Um, you guys can't see it, so it doesn't really matter. But I had Miami, Ohio listed here. Buffalo won last night, and they already beat Miami. So Buffalo is six and zero in the conference after last night. 
Um, Miami has two losses. They lost to Buffalo earlier in the season. So Miami out of it. So it's between Buffalo and Ohio. And then in the West, it's Northern Illinois at first at five and zero. Then Western Michigan at four and two, and Toledo at three and two. So, so Northern Illinois and Toledo they play each other tonight. So definitely a key game. Um, Northern Illinois, if they win that game, they cement their spot. I believe they beat Western Michigan. So I think if Northern Illinois wins tonight, then the West is decided in the MAC. Moving on to the Mountain West. In the Mountain Division, uh, Utah State holds the top spot at 5-0, followed by Boise State at 4-1 and and Colorado State at 2-3. and um, Colorado State and Utah State haven't played each other. That's the reason for that. Um, and then in the West, it's Fresno State, 5-0, and game behind them, San Diego State at 4-1 and and Nevada at 3-2. and um, In the Pac-12, another conference where it's a wide-open race. And, again, this one's a stretch, but in the South – all the teams are still in it. UCLA, who is two and seven and two and four and two and seven overall, two and four in the conference, they're still technically in it. But I think if you simulate the rest of the season, like Utah, USC losing the rest of their games, I think by default the teams that they lose to would win and knock UCLA out of the picture. But just going over that, so I'll start with the South and then jump up to the North. But Utah and USC, or actually Utah, USC, Arizona State, all four and three. Arizona State three and three, so those teams are the ones that really have the highest odds to win the division. Um, and then Colorado and UCLA at two and four, so those ones are the stretches, but definitely still have a chance. And then in the North, it's a little bit more decided. Uh, Washington State at five and one, Washington at five and two. That game's going to be interesting at the end of the season. Some really good Im- implications there. Um, then Stanford and Oregon at three and three need to win out and. Um, Hope Washington State and Washington lose. So that's a Pac-12. And then the SEC, um, don't really need to go over much of that. Uh, Georgia won the East and Alabama won the West already. Um, and then we got the Sun Belt. Um, in the East, it's Troy at 5-0. and And then Georgia Southern Appalachian State, a game behind, tied at second with 4-1 and conference records. And then moving on to the West, and again, it's a wide open race, but I say that loosely because South Alabama and Texas State do have four conference losses each. They're one and four. So if they win out, they need to hope that all the teams ahead of them lose. Um, and that would definitely be an interesting thing to have a possible conference winner not make it to a bowl game because South Alabama wins out. They're five and seven. And if they beat the, they won the conference. So they won the conference championship, then they're six and seven. But by rule of bowl eligibility, you have to have. Equal to or more, equal to or greater than the amount of losses you have um, wins. I'll say that again. That was kind of unclear. You have to have the same number or greater wins than losses, and it can't count FCS teams, which I believe South Alabama has played an FCS team. So that'd be interesting for them to win. I kind of want to see that now. Um, that would definitely be interesting to see a conference champion not get into a bowl game. <laughs> I think they'd I think they'd have to let them in by default, but. I don't know. So that's the uh, little piece of uh, info you get to think about, I guess, is what I'll leave you with. But thanks for tuning in to another episode. I felt like that went well. Um, stayed on track the whole time. Um, really, I felt like I gave some good information. Uh, you can you can post that. Um, so 
like I say, say always in every single episode, um, be sure to watch football this week. It definitely never disappoints. There are definitely some games that really matter, like I mentioned in, in the uh, conference standings. But uh, just watch it and try to enjoy it. Um, so that's it for me. I'll be back next Wednesday with another uh, recording of this so you guys can listen to me again. Uh, thanks for watching or thanks for listening. Sorry. <laughs> thanks for listening to me um, talk about football. It's something I love and I love to talk about it. So I'm grateful that there's even any people that listen to this. If one person listened to this, I'd be just as happy. <laughs> Probably should just have a conversation with that person at that point. But again, thanks for watching. I'll be back next week. Watch some football. Um, this has been another installment of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. And I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you and goodbye.